Hello. Hello and welcome to the Exist Theatre Podcast coming to you directly from the International Dublin Gay Theatre Festival 2017. From an Airbnb. <laughs> Somewhere in Dublin. Portobello. It's nice. It's nice. It's it lovely. It's really nice. This is like the best place we've ever stayed ever. This is a very good festival so far. This is the best start to a festival I think we've had From start ever. to finish, even including with the flight over here. Touch wood, touch, touch wood, touch wood, touch wood. Touch wood. wood. I'm actually touching wood now. I'm touching myself. Yes, you are. Would you mind not doing that? It's kind of embarrassing. We're having a few little drinks. Yeah, it's, um, celebrating. The evening of our second evening show. So yeah. we've done three shows now mm-hmm. of Bleach here. So we've done a matinee, an evening on Monday, and now an evening on Tuesday. I would imagine you'll probably be hearing this Wednesday. on Wednesday. Unless you've waited ages to listen to it. Yeah. And why? Maybe it's the future. Hello, no. future people. Hello. <laughs> the nature of the net. <laughs> should we tell them about our review? I feel like we should. Yeah, we should go, be proud yeah. of this. Yeah, so we got a review today. Our first review here in Dublin. A four-star review. Yay! Really, really pleased. Not a bad way to start. So four stars from the outmost. Um, and we're so chuffed. It was like the so nicest chuffed. way to start the day. Especially as it's right at the beginning of the festival and obviously, you know, you feel like at the beginning you're not quite hitting your stride. Well, yeah, it takes a while to get into it. Any performers will know that the beginning is always the hardest. You've got to find your feet. You're in a different place. There's, you don't know what, what things going to be like. Especially you don't know how... you're in a different country as well. Like you don't know if it's going to, re- if it's going to be as translatable and even, I mean, obviously everyone speaks English here still, but like, obviously, you know, you don't know how people from a different country are going to... And you don't always, as a performer, you don't always know if your work is good. (laughs) (laughs) And like, to be fair, we've only really performed in front of friends and family with Bleach, haven't you? Yeah, so so it's nice to have someone say, oh my God, you're doing something good. Yeah, definitely. Who doesn't know you and hasn't got any reason to be nice. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they've got no reason. Well, I don't think they've got a reason to. Have they got a reason? Apart from that huge stack of money I gave them. (laughs) There is that. Yeah, that probably helped. So that's how you get a good review in Dublin. <laughs> Lots of money. We're so broke. Yeah, this is why we don't have any we're money. We're massively over budget on this trip. <laughs> While we're drinking at home instead of going out partying. Yeah, we are having a quiet Worth it, night. Though, four stars. You can tell we're getting old because we're spending a night in <laughs> talking to a laptop instead of being out. Because people are out tonight. Like, yeah, everyone's out and we're in. <laughs> we're in. We're in. Working. Saving our pennies. Working and drinking. Uh, but we've had a busy day as well doing podcasts interviews with loads of other companies we're so excited to share that with you because they've all got such cool things to say it was so nice to get to know them all a bit better and see what awesome work is going on this week yeah and find out a little bit more about these shows that we wish we could see but yeah wish we could see but unfortunately most of them we can't yeah (laughs) because we're performing not because we're dicks no Let's go into one of those interviews. First, yeah. we've got... Um, who have we got first? The first one we have is The Paradise. Yes, it was Sean. Yes. Sean talking about his show that he wrote, The Paradise. He also wrote uh, the, the Tearing Up of Fergal and Tim, which is also performing. So, without further ado, here's our interview with Sean. Yeah. So I am joined with Sean today. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the festival? Uh, yes, um, uh, I'm involved in two ways in the kind of festival. Uh, the, kind of, the main kind of production, I guess, well, I perhaps shouldn't say that because the boys in Fergal and Tim probably wouldn't like to say that. But, uh, I have two, two pieces in the festival. Um, 
One, I'm kind of producer and I wrote the book uh, for a new musical, um, which Acting Out, which is uh, Dublin's LGBT community theatre group based uh, where we're sitting in the, in the outhouse, are doing um, in the complex, which is uh, just a short, short distance away from here. And then I have a short play, um, which is part of a programme with the Scottish play Fronting. Um, it's a 15 minute piece um, called The Tearing Up of Virgil and Tim, and that's done by Blue Heart Theatre, a professional company, and I'm the producer uh, for them. So. Awesome. So you've had, so both shows have had two first shows yes. now, yesterday. They so yeah, they have. How did that go for them? Um, good, very good, yeah. Um, Virgil and Tim, I was kind of relaxed about because they've done it quite a lot before, so they're kind of, there was nothing um, uh, kind of new to be worried about uh, with that piece, and it's quite a short piece. Um, and they were very happy with how it went, so all <laughs> good. Um, Paradise is a much bigger <laughs> undertaking because it's got a cast of 14, it's a musical two acts, the last two hours, it's a much bigger kind of undertaking, mm -hmm. we haven't done it before. Yes, it's full on, it's been full on and uh, it was it was a very tiring day today because we didn't get tech, took so long on Sunday, we didn't get time for a dress rehearsal, oh, wow, so we had to do a dress and then two shows um, yesterday, so we were all kind of wrecked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> typical festival times. Um, but yeah, no, very happy with how, how it went. Um, a musical is hard to do, yes. um, we discovered. Uh, we've done plays with songs before. Mm -hmm. Last year we did a show called The Ref, which is about the marriage referendum um, in Ireland, a kind of satirical comedy, um, um, sort of attacking the no side. Mm -hmm. um, and we had four songs in that. Um, and so we thought, oh, why don't we do a full musical now? <laughs> and, um, but it's been a real challenge yeah. because there are so many elements the musical, besides the songs, there's the dancing, there's the book to the musical, and so yeah, it's been it's been hard work, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm very happy with how it's how it's turning out. We just read a five star review for the Paradise so Yeah, you've obviously done that something that right. No, I was delighted. <laughs> I was like, I was just, I was delighted for the cast and the crew yeah. because you know, I, I think if you're not involved in theatre, you just don't know how much work is involved. Absolutely. You know, you just go to a show and you like it or you don't. Yeah. Um, and you know you have no idea about the effort and the logistics. Even if even if you hate it, you know it's still taken a huge amount of effort uh, from a whole team of people. Yep. So yeah, so it's it's lovely for them to mm -hmm. get that and to see that. You Especially know. so early in the festival. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and of course it's brilliant for promotion as well. You know. Yeah. So. So how long did the process take for Paradise? Well, we first had the idea. I had an idea that I wanted to write something in set in a gay club. Um, so I knew that, um, and uh, there's a member of the group uh, called Mark Power, who's actually in the show, uh, and he's part of an electro-pop duo called Eden, who are not as well known in Ireland as they should be. They had a lot of success, so they had a lot of success in Germany um, in the um, 90s, really, but, and they kind of split up, and they kind of reformed this year uh, and produced a new album, and... I was thinking, oh, what, like, what music will we use for a thing set in a, in a, in a gay club? I, I wasn't even sure I wanted it to be a musical at that mm. point, but um, I thought, God, their, their songs would be perfect, you know, it would just be ideal. Um, so um, I started kind of listening to all their stuff and thinking, started imagining a sort of a plot using their, their songs, which was kind of 
it's in, it's it's a kind of tricky process in a way because yeah. like the songs already existed and so it's like how can you write a story around these without it sounding really clunky yeah you know absolutely. so um and there were songs that um i really loved um but i just knew they weren't going to fit into the the story but the advantage of having mark in the group is i was able to say to him well could we just slightly change this yeah. lyric please <laughs> <That's very handy. laughs> so that it will kind of fit into the story yeah. a bit uh, a, a bit more so that was great and mark had written the music to uh, the songs we had in the ref um i wrote the lyrics for that but he wrote the kind of music so you know it it, it meant it wasn't uh, completely like doing a jukebox music musical yeah. because we were able to um, adapt and yeah. shorten or lengthen or include uh, different lines within the songs yeah is it quite an alternative in musical styles? Um, I'm guessing it's not traditional. No. It doesn't have a traditional musical no, sound it, to it. it's electro-pop, definitely. So, and we, we put that on all the posters so that people aren't coming expecting lameness, <laughs> you know, because it's definitely not that. So, but they're insanely catchy, you know, everyone that's been to it so far, so God, I've been singing that tune this morning, you know, yeah. so um, they're really, really, um, they're really, really catchy um, songs. And... Uh, so once I kind of decided, oh yeah, he was kind of on board um, to do that, the, the tricky bit was then constructing the plot. So I, I guess we probably started this time last year, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose I had the thing written by maybe November, December last year. Um, and we started rehearsals in January. So yeah, kind of a long... Is this his first process. public yes. outing? It is, it is. It's been so much work, I'm not sure if we'll ever do it again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you can't take it on tour. Yeah, it's a, a big cast. With a cast of 14, yeah, you know, it's gosh, just not yeah. going to be on. So um, so it might be it's one, and I hope not, but, you know, yeah. I think realistically, I just think we won't be able to take it, take it elsewhere. Yeah. Who knows? Who you knows? never know. You never know, yeah. You're the other show. Yes. Um, is it the festival that put you together with the Scottish yes. group, or did you, you've never had anything to do with them before? No, no, we haven't at all. Um, but I love you know being able to help and support um, uh, companies coming to the festival here because obviously, you know, we have a sort of base here. You know, people come to our stuff, so we know we're always going to get an audience. You know, um, but you know, we've been to other places where they haven't a clue who we are and I know it's so much more difficult um, when people haven't seen you before mm-hmm. usually um, Brian has a program of shorts um, within the within the festival and it's always kind of very popular but uh, for some reason they didn't get a lot of short plays submitted so when I submitted or Blue Heart submitted that piece we, I assumed it was going to go into the, like a program of shorts but then he said oh well there's this really good play from Scotland uh, coming and uh, it's not quite enough, not quite long enough for a, um, a, a slot of its own. So if we slot this in as well, then we've got sort of the basis for a for a show. So yes, yeah, so I was delighted for that. You know, and we, you know, we've done what we can to help them promote it, and you know, hopefully there. And I was able to put um, Darren into contact with some key fig groups. I thought or activist groups. I thought would be interested in the show. You know, because you just have the sort of knowledge, don't you, locally? Inevitably, that uh, you know somebody. You know, somebody coming from uh, from uh, abroad wouldn't wouldn't have. So, yeah. so I'd be very happy to do that. And obviously, you know, it was, it was very sensible to promote it as a joint um, kind of event. You know, it cuts down on costs and makes it more attractive to people coming. So, um, yeah, so I was very happy to 
um, to do what we could for him and um, even rent him our record player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's generous. laughs> so, um, yeah, so, and, uh, you know, he's been very grateful for the sort of support and, uh, and you know, organisations like HIV Ireland and ACT UP are a sort of um, uh, advocacy and campaigning group in Ireland looking for, for um, PrEP to be uh, um, uh, available uh, kind of in Ireland, which it isn't currently. Uh, and they've been very, you know, interested in it and uh, doing, you know, taking a block booking for the show and stuff like that. That's so, brilliant. you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I think it's really important that theatre community supports each other. You know, definitely, it yeah. definitely uh, seems to be a theme of this festival in particular, yeah. as opposed to some other festivals we've done. Maybe yes, this is a yes. very community-driven, yeah. uh, help each other out sort of yeah. environment. It is. It is. You know, and I think. Um, it always upsets me when people don't do that, like they won't retweet your yeah. show because it's on at the same time and I just think that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, know, exactly. I mean, there's plenty of room, yeah. you know, we should all, if we all support each other then more people will, you know, will come to see the show. Well, it works both ways, doesn't it? Does, it totally, <laughs> totally does. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's a pleasure, it's a pleasure. Um, I, Before we finish, if you could describe Paradise in three words. In three words, right. <laughs> if you can. Um, it's entertaining. It's funny, and this is more than three words. But <laughs> it's all right. We'll let you off. Hopefully, it will make you dance. Excellent. Well, that's oh, like that. That. that sounds amazing. <laughs> and just to remind us where we can see it and at what time. Yeah, the paradise is on at the complex on Little Green Street in Dublin, um, and we're on at nine o'clock in the evenings until Saturday the sixth. And we have a matinee at 4 pm on Saturday. Awesome. Well, thank you so much thank you for it's joining a us. It's a pleasure. Thank Thanks. you. So that was Sean Denyer talking about uh, the paradise, which you can see at the complex. And if you want to find out more about the tearing up of Fergal and Tim, you can find more about Blue Heart Theatre at www.blueheartheatre.com. Nice and straightforward. And that's definitely two shows not to miss. Absolutely. Uh, so this is Bethan's first time actually not being on stage. Yes. <laughs> so usually she's up there stressing with me. Yeah, and usually it's, and it has it had been pretty relaxing. It had been relaxing, but um, you had a tech moment the other day on Monday night. Yes, <laughs> I did. Tell us what happened, and then I'll do it from my point of view. Um, well, basically. I, well, it was simply, to put it simply, I, we were all ready to go. We'd had the sort of pre-show talk from uh, Gareth and um, I, the lights went down. I pressed the button that I always press to start the show and everything started playing all at once. All the sound All keys. together, all every single once. sound. And I went into pretty much the biggest anxiety attack ever and I see Dan running. I Literally, first two two seconds of the show. Yeah. Like, I, I usually run on stage, so I did that. I ran yeah. on stage. And I was like, oh, he's going. Okay, I, there's nothing I can do. So I'm trying to press all the buttons. Everything keeps playing. And the only thing I can do at this point is, aside from shake, <laughs> is just to turn the sound down. And then I just did that and was just like, I don't know what to do now. But there was a, there was a while before that, and I'm glad there was, because there was enough time for me to think, What's this? This isn't right. Yeah, this What's is, going this on? This is all the music. And I'm thinking, I hate to stop a show. I've never stopped a show before. But no. we're literally like two At seconds in. <laughs> we're two seconds into the show and every sound cue is playing. Yeah. And I have no idea why. Maybe we should just stop the show. <laughs> yeah, thank God you did. I was like, I could see you and I was like, he's 
he might be carrying on and I just don't know what I'll do because the sound's down now and if I turn it back up, everything's going to still be playing. But thank God that it happened at the beginning of the show, really, because yeah. it was just like the iPad had like just a crazy moment and, yeah. went and did its own thing. Yeah, which it has done before, to be fair, but um, just not in the show. Well, I mean, if it happened in the middle of the show, it'd be an absolute disaster. Yes, but I would have cried. Fa- the fact that it happened at the very beginning meant restarting was really not an issue. Yeah. The audience actually found the funny side I of like, it. Yeah, I know. It bro- I think it broke the ice. And also, that was the show that the um, that we had a... Uh, oh, they reviewed it. a reviewer in that um, one. They so liked it still. <laughs> it <laughs> they let us off that. It wasn't too bad. They, well, they knew it wasn't your fault. <laughs> but it's, it's quite a nice thing to happen, really, because now we've put a few things in place so that should that happen, we've got a plan B, yes. and we've got a and plan C, <laughs> and we've got all the plans in place. Yeah, we've, so we've got about four plans. Bethan so. doesn't shit herself. Yeah. I don't shit myself. But, yeah, it's, that was the moment. Yeah, especially as it was only the second show. But, yeah, it was fine. And also, I think it, it humanised it. It made the audience probably thought it was... They seemed to think it was quite funny, so... And, you know, that's that's performing on it's the live. fringe. It's like, live theatre. Like, shit happens. Yeah. Like... And you get on with it, and you do it, and then you turn it out. Yeah, exactly. Turn out that show. And that was, like, one of your best shows that I've ever seen you do. So, you know. I think I had to, I had to do a good one. Well, really, yeah, <laughs> After yeah. After that, you've got to, you've got to really, make up for it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, well done, you. <laughs> got you four stars. <laughs> All down to you. Yeah, thank okay, you, thank you're you. welcome. I, yeah, it was totally on purpose. <laughs> Look at that. She just took it away from me in yeah. two seconds. So cruel. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've got an interview with the guys from Fronting. Fronting is performing alongside the tearing up of Fergal and Tim. So it's quite nice to follow our past in- our last interview. Um, you can tell we've had a few more beers <laughs> We have a few beers in. Whoops. All the merrier. <laughs> so here are the lovely guys from Fronting, and I hope you enjoy listening to our chat with them as much as we enjoyed having this chat yeah, with them. Yeah, it was a really fun one. <laughs> Hi guys, thank you so much for joining us today on this gorgeous summer day in, or summer day, spring day in Dublin. Um, if you guys want to introduce yourselves, maybe tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Yeah, sure. So my name's Darren and I'm the writer and director of Frontend, which is a play based around the guy coming out um, to someone he's just met as HIV positive. Hi, I'm Connor. I play David. Uh, that's the character in the play with HIV. And uh, it's my first time over at the Dublin Festival. I'm Raymond, I play uh, Michael uh, in the show and Michael is David's ex-boyfriend who gave him HIV. Okay. Um, one question we were wondering is wh- where does the term fronting come from? Yeah, what does, what's <laughs> does that it mean? Does it mean something? <laughs> yeah, so it's ma- mostly to do with David and the idea that he gets his diagnosis and he's immediately like, I'm fine, I'm totally fine, let's not talk about this. And he just goes through his life sort of denying it's really a thing but also just how men in general are always putting on a front. So it's to do with that. Um, it's also to do with the fact that naming plays is hard. <laughs> and so we were like <laughs> brain, yeah. Yeah, brainstorming that and we thought fronting is quite good because it gives an idea of it's not just about the HIV, it's about his general mindset. Yeah. And that's what the whole play is about, really. Which is relatable. I mean, everybody to a yeah. certain extent will put up a front at some time. Yeah, the, the character is brilliant in that he's... His journey is very much losing this front. He's very much finding himself and coming to accept it. And the play goes through all these different people that, that help him get there. First first off, being a nurse that he gets in the first 
uh, as soon as he's diagnosed, then coming out to his family about it, and then um, coming out to, or speaking to his ex-boyfriend and sorting out with him, who's, who's going through the same thing, obviously. Mm -hmm. So you, um, can you tell us a little bit about the creative process? Yeah, definitely. So fronting is obviously primarily about HIV and about HIV education, um, because we felt that whenever someone's diagnosed with HIV, they'll probably Google it. So they'll Google it and they'll get loads of stuff on the A's and there'll be one line either at the start or the end that goes, um, now things have radically changed and things are far better for people, full stop. And so if you're looking for education on HIV, you're not going to get it really on mm. the internet and you're not going to get a contemporary view of what having HIV is. And it has got a lot better from the 80s, but when you have that diagnosis, you're not thinking, oh yay, this is brilliant, it's not like the 80s. You're obviously terrified, you're angry, you're going through a lot of feelings. So that's where the starting point of this was. We wanted to do something that people could relate to and that people would be able to experience so that if they ever do experience a diagnosis or they find someone who has that diagnosis, then they come to it with what they need to do, deal with it in 2017 rather than in the 80s. Um, we've all been talking about how when we've been marketing the show and talking about the show, people will often say, and these are people that would say they were educated and would say they were very pro-LGBT and pro-HIV and aware of things, they often say, "Also, oh, does Connor play David right up to he dies? And we're like, well, not really, because we don't go to his 80. People expect, still expect that David's going to die and they expect that's what the play is about when it's much more about him just learning to cope with more of the stigma and um, in general being just fine with it. Yeah. And so that's where it sort of started from. Yeah. yeah see, I've had a lot of family members here when I've been telling them what I'm coming over to do. They've asked me, oh, so you're going to have to shave your head and, <laughs> and lose a lot of weight. And I say, no, not really. <laughs> he is living essentially a normal life. So it was just interesting, you know, seeing people's perceptions yeah. firsthand like that from family members who, yeah. who I know are, you know, very open, very pro-LGBT and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, the play itself handles it in such a good way as well, because it's not just this really heavy play about a, a guy that's struggling. There's so many jokes as well, like, and it's, it's funny, and there's also, there's more themes to it. There's lots of different things discuss it, it exposes faith as well and it's yeah it's it comes from a lot of different angles um which is really interesting for a play that's got such a serious subject matter did you find that the humor was a good way to sort of access that like a bit more information make it easy for the audience to sort of understand things yeah definitely what we didn't want this to be was like a sermon because no one <laughs> wants a sermon do you know what i mean like you're going out for a night out you want to have 50 minutes of like fun and so the play is fun and um, and I think also though, it's about making it realistic. Part of that is about making it funny and having people, because like, it's that old thing, isn't it? Like, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. So David does use humour quite a lot to get through things. And the person that um, he um, meets and who it really sparks off the whole discussion with is a guy called Will. And Will just like, likes to laugh and he's really fun. And so he's sort of um, the foil for David. And um, it just helps people get it, I think, to remember things. If they can remember a joke that also has a punchline of, oh, actually, um, they only take three um, tablets a day. And so they come out educated, but mm. they don't think they've sat down. Yeah, yeah. they haven't been like preached to. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So you've had your first two shows at the festival. How did you feel it went? I think it went really well. Like, yeah, yeah scalably really well. Unsettling me. Yeah, we were very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah. What is, this, you is this your first time doing the show? No, so we did it in Glasgow. Um, we've done it in Glasgow, and we did it for the Terence Higgins Trust, who are a UK HIV charity. Um, basically, Terry, uh, he was called Terry, Terence Higgins, was one of the first guys in the UK to die of um, HIV AIDS. So his friends set up primarily to combat AIDS, um, and then as the AIDS crisis lessened, um, it became far more about um, educating people and trying to either prevent HIV or um, promote access for people that already have it. Um, and they're an amazing charity in the UK and we support the um, Scotland subsidiary of that. But as much as we raise funds for them, they've been so supportive through it, um, always making sure that everything's like on point and um, helping us in any way they can. So they're really great. And that's part of what the play is about as well. It's about reaching out to these charities and helping them. So. Like we've teamed up now with HIV Ireland and we're going to give out um, some flyers about HIV and some of the like red ribbons um, tonight and I think it's just about telling people that there's these charities out there as well. Yeah, so, definitely. Like, it's yeah. Like it gives you the opportunity to sort of spread the word about yeah. that too, which is awesome. Yeah. Did you find it's received differently in Glasgow than it is here or has it been quite similar? Well, I think what's really nice about this is that um, the Dublin Festival attracts people that are perhaps more LGBT focused. So yeah. when we did it, it was actually it encouraged a lot of people with pals <laughs> and like but then just a lot of straight people as well just came to see it that they weren't expecting it. So they had marketed it more as a theatre night and a fundraising night. So people just came down not really knowing what to expect. Yeah. And so I'd say that the general knowledge of the group in Glasgow was probably less yeah. than what we're really getting here. So it means that um, the chats that we're getting at the end of the night are slightly different um, yeah. and it's really interesting to speak to some of the guys when they're leaving it and talking to them about it um, which is really nice. Yeah, awesome. Are you planning to do more with the show after this? Are you going elsewhere? Or? Yeah, so we're going to the Fringe um, in August which will be really nice. Um, are you guys going to the Fringe as well? Yeah, yeah we'll, yeah. we'll yeah, be yeah, at the Fringe, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're really excited about that and um, sort of just using it as a vehicle um, to help with people coming out um, as positive because coming out as positive is just as hard really as like coming out of the closet mm-hmm. um, especially because at least when you're coming out of the closet um, especially now in Britain in this day and age like you probably have friends you know that you know that it's fine most of the time whereas with HIV especially even in the gay community there is still a lot of stigma going about um, so you don't know if you're going to be accepted in a group I think that that's quite difficult for people to accept um, and so there is a lot of denial and a lot of worry that goes with it. Um, so we just sort of want this play to say, like, you can totally chill with it. It's totally fine. And people need to, like, just learn that. And if there is stigma, you need to just reflect on yourself and think, would I? Because we've been talking to gay guys who are like, you know, um, I think it would throw me off balance. And it's like saying, that's fine. But you also have to acknowledge that that isn't really okay. Because if you know the facts, um, then just follow through on those facts. Yeah. Um, which is a lot easier said than done. Of course. Yeah. Like, so if you could, if you can, if you could describe it in three words, what would your words be? <laughs> uh, I'd say humorous, informative, and... Ooh, what's my final word? What's my final word, guys? Faith. Oh wait, oh, I, thought, I thought we were all coming up with our own words, I've got my own. Oh, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on you go then. I have my word. I'm a more important. 
I had progressive, challenging, and fun. Oh, oh. So they, yeah, I don't know who's that, Joe. There you go. Yeah. Um, and they're going to edit me out now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't <laughs> Faith, HIV, and education. Awesome. Do, do you want your third word? Go no, for it. No, it better good. be a good one. Make it a good one. <laughs> um, Try and get all of our words into one. No, no, I can't, I can't do it. It's too much pressure, man. It's too much pressure. Please come, but in one word. <laughs> Very Hyphenated. Inviting. Book now. Um, well, uh, why don't you let us know, just remind us where you are, what time it's going to be. Yeah, so we are at the Pierce Centre, which is not the Pierce Institute. So we're at Glasgow Gym based, and there's a Pierce Institute. It's not that. It's the Pierce Centre and, and the Island Institute, um, which is a really cool um, venue. Um, Patrick Pierce actually lives there, which is awesome. Um, and it's in there, it's on at 9 o'clock. We're actually on with um, another group, they're called the um, Blue Heart Theatre Company, and they've done a 15 minute short, we're 45 minutes long, and they're called um, The Turning Up of Fergo and Tim, and it's like hilarious, it's really funny. It was great to watch that actually on Monday, because I was up the back just freaking out a bit before they came on, and then I watched the show and I was like, this is great, like, it's brilliant. So I really recommend people going to see that as well. Awesome. And that's uh, all week. So all the way up till Saturday the at nine, six. six. Yeah, Saturday the six at nine, and then on the Saturday we have a half to matinee as well. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so uh, much lovely. for joining Thanks us, for guys. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. So that was the lovely team behind Fronting. You can catch them at the Edinburgh Fringe. We'll be there. Hopefully you'll be there. Yeah. And we'll be going to see Fronting because I'm really intrigued. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so come join us in Edinburgh and we will see you there. That'd be great. One of the issues we're finding with our show is the blood. Uh, there's, the there's, blood. there's a moment at the end with some blood mm-hmm. and don't give too much away I don't want to give too much away but blood is it's involved. there it happened and our plan was to see a show on the matinee and the Saturday we could see the later matinee because it's not it doesn't clash with us blah blah blah, blah if that made sense <laughs> um, the matinee on the Saturday rhymes but I'm, I've realised that's not going to happen that's not going to happen because I need to come home and shower I can't walk around Covered, covered in, in blood. blood all the time. And we're staying in Portobello, which is quite a walk. So <laughs> About half an hour. So I'm probably not going to be able to see a matinee show, which is quite annoying, but, you know, you it happens. You don't really want to show up for the show yeah. with blood all over you. Well, I don't want to show up for our evening show with blood on me, <laughs> this really. This is also true. That would not be good. <laughs> but tonight we even had an issue with this. Yeah, all so we, we need... totally didn't really yes. have them happening. No, I totally forgot about it, to be honest. So I did the show. There's some <laughs> fake blood. It's... It's on me tonight. It was on my face, so it's on my, on me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, when you finish, you you do you know you get the wet wipes going. The wet wipes are out. Towel, the towels out. So you know you clean yourself up a bit, but it's the the thing is the nature of this blood. It dries fast and it basically just stains your skin. Yeah, but you know I've towelled most of it off. It's not it's not a big deal. No. And the I mean the towel's got three days worth of blood on it now. So I thought let's take it home, wash yeah, it. And we were Beth only and, going back tonight. Yeah, Beth, and can you just pop this in your bag and we'll go. So not an issue. We're going back through Dublin. It's pretty dark anyway. Like I'm sure no one can really you couldn't see it. See me? I've forgotten about it. Obviously. Yeah. It doesn't feel like anything. I'm, I'm over this. <laughs> I can't see it. It's dark. <laughs> uh, but Bethany needs to pop in Tesco. So in we go. Go in. This man gives me the weirdest look and looks at the bottle I'm holding in my hand. I'm thinking, what? Why is this man <laughs> looking at me like this? So we're, walk- we're walking in. 
I'm looking for toothpaste, <laughs> obviously <laughs> the essentials. And then I turn to Beth and I'm like, I can't find the toothpaste. And she says, there's blood on your nose. <laughs> I'm it, like, oh, oh shit, I sh- I'm going to go stand outside. <laughs> that, so that's when you realise that's probably That's when why. I realise, that's why the man gave me the fucking weird look. Because... I've got blood all over my face. <laughs> and it is. It's like on his nose. It's on my nose. down on your chin. Um, all over my chin. Like someone's punched me in the nose. It looks like you've had a fight while you're looking for your toothpaste. Which, if you know me, is unlikely. Yeah, it made you look really hard. But anyway, so that's fine. Like, you know, at least then you know why the guy's giving you a weird look. It's over. I'm outside in the dark again. So he's gone. And I am queuing up to buy some um, some green Rizzler, as you do. And I'm, uh, I get to the, the checkout. I ask my green Rizzler. And he tells me the price. And I go into my bag to get my purse. Um, I notice as I put my hand in that there is the towel is on top of everything in my bag. And the towel is covered in blood. And so I start trying to worm my hand into the bag without having to pull the bloody towel out because that's just not going to look good. Can't get to my purse. Had to take out. So Dan's obviously just walked past with blood all over his face. The next person they see is pulling a towel covered in what looks like blood out of their bag so that they can pay for some green Rizzler. It just doesn't look good. It's like American Psycho. Yeah. I don't know... What they thought was going on. <laughs> nobody said anything and nobody called the police, so we're just glad we're here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they only knew. It's just the theatre, darling. We just did a play. We're not hard at all. <laughs> we're actually just... We're not. in a gay theatre festival, don't you know? <laughs> well, then, yeah, who knows what could have happened after that. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> so, yes, that was um, that was one of our little that moments. Was, that was our walk home. <laughs> That's why we're having a drink now. Yes. To calm ours and the rest of Portobello's nerves. <laughs> but moving swiftly on for that, we have our final interview of this episode of the podcast. And we are talking to... Simon Murphy. Simon Murphy from An Unexpected Party. He wrote it. He's in it. I know the stress. Let's hear from him. So now we're joined with Simon Murphy. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about your show? Yes, the play is called An Unexpected Party and it's on in the Teachers Club from May the 1st to May the 6th. Um, we've just finished the first day, the two shows, the matinee yesterday and the evening show. Uh, the play itself, well, it's a dark comedy um, about the aftermath of a suicide. Wow. Now, it's, it sounds <laughs> heavy, but in actual fact, it's funny you know it, it's basic the, sto- the basic story is there's five characters meeting in an apartment in dublin one evening the sixth character niall is the guy that a year earlier took his own life and his flatmate declan who's played by my good self is now sharing an apartment with a woman called Eva. now niall had a boyfriend called andrew and niall had a twin sister called karen and unknowns to both Andrew and Karen, Declan has decided that these two people who have been estranged since Niall's death need to meet up and reconcile because he's thinking, well, they're both obviously trying to come to terms with this tragedy and they're sort of not really processing it and they're blaming each other. So he invites them both and he doesn't tell anyone he's doing this until 10 minutes before the arrival of Karen. He tells Aoife, Aoife goes ballistic, goes, what on earth are you doing? This is ridiculous. Karen then rings the doorbell, she arrives, she's very drunk. (laughs) 10 minutes later, Andrew arrives, but Andrew has a new boyfriend and he's much, much younger. So 
Yeah, basically, this, it's, I mean, this is not giving anything away of the plot because mm-hmm. this is all pretty much explained at the beginning. But it's basically ructions occur, as you would imagine. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, I mean, obviously, it's, uh, the issue of suicide is a very serious and perhaps topical one, but it's not a sort of a heavy, depressing play. It yeah. is quite amusing. And, yeah. you know, but at the same time, this serious undernote is running throughout it. Yeah, and it's it's going very very well. And um, the audience reaction yesterday was fantastic. Um, they seem to really like it. It seems well, they seem to be finding it funny, but also I hope fairly moving and thought provoking. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what was the you obviously wrote this yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, what was the was the inspiration? Well, I suppose you know the topic of suicide. It's sort of like it's one of those sort of like unmentionable things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's prevalent not just within, say, the LGBT community, but it's pretty much in society as a whole, but it's very much sort of swept under the carpet. And I wanted to sort of take a look at, well, when, when such a tragic event happens, everyone is devastated and like, oh my God, what could I have done? What could I have done? But I sort of wanted to take a look at the sort of those left behind about a year after it happened, because mm-hmm. obviously this is something, the immediate impact is so immediate and so yeah. forceful. But a year later, how do these people, like, I suppose... Anybody dying, I suppose, is a tragedy for their loved ones. But a sort of an issue of suicide, it's like, well, people are thinking, well, could I have done something? Why didn't I notice? What could I have done? Could things have gone differently? Yeah. And of course, the sort of the issue with Karen and Andrew is they both blame each other, but on the other hand, they sort of blame themselves. Yeah. And there is no answer. It's it's just like a complete you can't head wreck, you know. And, and also from the, the the character of Declan, because Declan being the dead person's best friend, sometimes I suppose the sister and the boyfriend would get all the the attention and the sympathy yeah. to begin with anyway, but what happens to friends? Yeah. You know? And, you know, I just thought it was an interesting topic and it's an issue that I, I mean, luckily, there obviously I've known people throughout my life where who have taken their own lives and I've heard of like re- friends of relatives or friends of friends and um you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's sort of, it's such a raw topic, yeah, but, you know, you, it can also be looked at, in this play anyway, it was more like it's sort of the comedic element. I mean, yeah. you know, I wanted to sort of like this sort of drunk sister and ex-boyfriend with an incredibly annoying new younger boyfriend. <laughs> so it's like, you just, and, and the character of Declan and Zach absolutely hate each other. Yeah. On site, well, Declan hates Zach on site because it's like, ooh. Who are you? What are you doing in our house? Get out. What, what did you do, Andrew? And then when Karen meets the new boyfriend, oh, there's trouble ahead. <laughs> Recipe for disaster. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it sounds, from, from listening to you talk about it, it sounds like it's a very Irish piece of work. Is that something you're aware of? Um, humor-wise, humor-wise, story-wise? Sounds... Humor-wise, story-wise, perhaps. But I mean, the obvious, the underlying theme is universal, I suppose. Yeah. The whole, yeah, but I suppose that's sort of... Um, black irish humor so yeah very very dark comedy like sort of poking fun at the unmentionable yeah, that yeah. could perhaps be considered quite irish how have you found it performing and writing that's a bit of a strange one now because i mean i've been acting for a very a good number of years and i've been writing for a good number of years as well but never really mixing the two <laughs> so it, it, it's a I mean, it's it's very enjoyable and it's very fulfilling, but of course there's sort of a, maybe a, a double pressure because normally, you know, when you're acting, you're thinking, okay, I want to give the best performance that I can. But then in the 
often, hopefully rare event that you give a disastrous performance or in, in a bad play you can sort of think oh well it was, I, I, oh, it was, it was bad writing yeah. oh god you know it's like blame the director blame the writer blame whatever but yeah. when you've written it yourself it really sort of becomes oh crap this yeah. is like ugh. pressure nowhere, to run, nowhere to, to run nowhere to hide you know it's like <laughs> it was the lights the lights were awful it was the lights were awful you know it's no but I mean it's not I mean the thing is it, luckily it, it's it's receiving a very warm welcome and I'm getting great feedback on it but um, you know that is a, like a a huge pressure that I haven't experienced before but yeah. you know it's one of those things and I'm enjoying it and I think it's educational by the horns educational <laughs> you know I'll, I'll learn from it for sure and um, so is this the first, it's first place it's been performed yes I mean I wrote it oh, I suppose last year mm-hmm. I mean towards the tail end of last year I mean it didn't t- I mean, it took me about three months to write it like you know on and off various different drafts and, you know, I submit, I mean, I was involved in the festival last year as a volunteer because um, I lived in the Netherlands for 15 years in Amsterdam and I moved back to Ireland um, at the beginning of 2016. So when I moved back to Dublin, um, I was looking for, well, okay, I haven't lived here in 15 years. I've got to make new friends. And I, yeah. I t- saw the festival and said, okay, well, I want to get involved in that. But of course, because it was last year's festival was so close, I said, well, I'll volunteer at that. And I really, I really liked the atmosphere. And the range of plays that were being performed so I thought well I I'm going to give it a shot to yeah. write a, a play myself for it and I'm very grateful that it was accepted when I yeah. submitted it so you know that's great and have you got any plans to take it anywhere else after this um well thing is yes because the play is a one-hour play but I, I could potentially extend it because you know with the time constraints you know with the two shows per bill per evening mm-hmm. you know that there is sort of a time limit and that's completely understandable because you don't want an audience coming in at seven thirty and leaving at one a.m. But you know, I, I I think there's probably room for it to develop more, like um, various different interactions between these five characters. But I would certainly like to like, maybe take it to my hometown um, of Limerick. Um, they've got a fringe there as well. They've got a fringe in Limerick, yeah, and there's a fairly active theatre scene in Limerick. Uh, or you know, it's one of those things. I'm I'm sort of like not seeing beyond. Saturday at the moment, but yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to leave it lie, you know, yeah. because yeah. I, it, it's, it's been very rewarding doing it, and I, I would like to, for it to have a longer life, and yeah, I hope, and hope it does. Yeah, to explore it more and see yeah. where else it can take you. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, if you can, would you like to describe your play in three words? Very dark comedy. <laughs> Excellent. <Nice. laughs> that sounds perfect. <laughs> um, and if you could just remind us again where you're performing and at what time. Um, it's on in the Teachers Club. Um, from until Saturday, May the sixth. The showtime is at nine p.m. and on Saturday we have a four p.m. matinee. And you can buy your tickets either at the door or on the www.gaytheatre.ie. And it's called an unexpected party. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Lovely. Good luck Cheers. For the rest of the run. Thank you. <laughs> Likewise. So that was Simon Murphy talking about his play, an unexpected party, playing at the Teachers Club all this week. Yeah. So that's, we've had a pretty busy day of interviews. It's been a really busy day. It's been great to meet everybody. Um, We've got more coming for you tomorrow. So come back, listen to more. Please book tickets to see all these amazing shows. Yeah, support this amazing festival. Yeah, support the festival. And come and see our show too. Yes, do. That would be nice. Do come and see Bleach. (laughs) Come and join us. Um, We'd be thrilled to have you. Yep. Of course. We're at the outhouse, nine o'clock every night. And we're going to go now and enjoy a bit of sleep. (laughs) Um, But we will leave you with a little quote from our review today. Yeah. Where it says, 
It says, in Tyler, he creates a complex character who is both cynical and manipulative, but almost impossible not to like for his honesty and insight. So, come along to Bleach and stars. spend a night with Tyler. You won't regret it. Mm -mm. Nobody does. Have a good one, guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye.